Welcome back to another exciting episode of Enthusiastically Spiritual. I'm your host, Teresa. So I am really big believer of synchronicities. Whenever or whatever you're doing in your life, if you're putting a lot of energy towards something, things are going to start showing up. And so right now I'm working on birthing a book. And so in my life, I've been noticing authors coming around, especially spiritual authors. And so today I have an award-winning international author from New Zealand who's with me, and her name is Rain Carter. And besides being an award-winning author, she's also a spiritual medium, a metaphysical minister, an osteopath, a craniosacral therapist, clinical hypnotherapist, aromatherapist, marriage and event celebrant. Rain lives close to several beaches in New Zealand, including a wildlife reserve where the famous flightless kiwi bird live, where her daughter and she loves to go and feed the pukikos and peacocks. She's widowed and has two mature children. With her newest released book, the fourth in her series, this one called Raindrops, Journey Through Time which is a channeled tale that will open your heart and help you connect with your soul. And I'm so gracious to have her here today. Welcome, Rain. Thank you so much, Teresa. It's an honor to be here with you. Thank you for having me. And I'll tell you, um, my husband and I took a a cruise to New Zealand um, in 2019, so before all the COVID stuff, and your country is divine. I love it so much, Rain. Thank you. It is a beautiful country. And we're we're very blessed in that we have every part of the world in our little area in New Zealand, from Southern Alps that Swiss climbers come to to practice their climbing in the mountains in the South Island, to the most beautiful picturesque islands in the Northern Island that are absolutely amazing. We have dolphins that we swim with. We have sharks that come through periodically each year, but they don't ever cause swimmers problems, which is Mm -hmm. a blessing because I know other countries have these problems. So we're very blessed to have um, so many forests and you name it, we have it and it's wonderful. It is a beautiful country. And so besides being absolutely stunning, I love Kiwis the energy there is rocking. I mean, like it is such a spiritual, I know I've had a past life there. So there's no question. My husband and I had some things going on when we were coming around the country. So we're like, okay, we've been here before and just divine. So let's talk a little bit about that spiritual energy that you guys have going on down there. And in today's world, there's so much going on. And the key word that I got today when I tuned into this um, session with you is the key word of hope. Yes, hope is something that's lacking in our world today. People are frightened, people are worried. And I hope through my books to bring hope to them and not only hope, but love and knowledge. Because when we have knowledge, we have hope. We have something to hold on to. And when you have spiritual knowledge, it gives you courage because you know that you are not alone. You are surrounded by your angels. You are surrounded by your loved ones that have passed on before you. And one of the things I would like to say to my listeners is, please don't be afraid if you see one of your loved ones. 
messages that come back to me through my readers is they get frightened if they see a loved one. They don't know what to do. Do you know they are the same loving beings that were here with you on the earth? Mm -hmm. They love you just as much in the realm they live in now. Mm -hmm. And they come through to let you know you are not alone and you are loved. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be afraid. Welcome them. Talk to them. They long to talk to you. And sometimes they come to you for forgiveness something that's playing on their minds that's stopping their journey with what their life is now happening. And they need the forgiveness from you so that they can move forward. So there's many reasons why your loved ones will come through and think of it as the most wonderful blessing in the world because not everybody has that experience. Ooh, Rain, I'm I'm filled with chills as you talk about this. It's funny because I recently went to a metaphysical fair in um, Des Moines. Well, actually it was in Ames, Iowa. And I had a reading with a medium and it was just lovely. And my my brother, my dad came through and gave me some messages. And it's just, it's such a beautiful experience. I'm really glad you mentioned past loved ones and also your angels, because we all have a team of angels. And I would love for you to share about the first memory of your angels watching over you, Rain. Oh, this was absolutely amazing. You know, I say to people, when was your first memory? And they'll think, and they might think about five years old, sometimes four years old. And I'll tell them, let me tell you about my first memory. I was a newborn babe in a crib in my parents' bedroom. And they look at me and they think I'm crazy. And I say, I can remember seeing my parents lying in their bed. And I can remember looking to my left. I can see the wooden slats on the crib. And against the wall, I can see my guardian angel. Mm. He was a hooded being. He had a, a cloak and a hood over his head. And he was just standing against the bed, uh, the wall, sorry. And my first thought was, why aren't my parents waking? Because there's a stranger in the room. And I looked at my parents and they're sleeping soundly. And then I realized, oh, he's here for me. He's my visitor. That's why they're not waking. Mm -hmm. And he came every night until I was eight years old. Wow. And we would have this struggle with my thumb. He would never physically touch me. He stayed at a distance, but his energy would wrap around my thumb. And I realize now as an adult, he was downloading information to me, knowledge that I would need as I grew into a mature adult but at that time I thought he was pulling my thumb and I didn't like it <laughs> so for the me, sensation I, huh <laughs> I had my thumb under the blankets and wouldn't let them out <laughs> right he's like no I need that thumb rain <laughs> yeah I need that thumb <laughs> don't touch it don't take it away <laughs> and now I I I'm with people, I'll have friends come in 
and I'll have no preconceived idea of what we're going to talk about. I just know oh, it's exciting. I've got friends coming and it's, it's mm-hmm. so wonderful and I'm looking forward to them arriving. And almost as soon as they walk in the door, I start on the lecture. And I had no intention of doing that. I just start talking and I'm literally lecturing them. And when I stop, I sort of think to myself, what was all that about? And they are so grateful. They are thanking me because they had previously to arriving been talking about this and needed clarification. And I just gave it to them without being asked. And these are the sort of things that I know were downloaded to me when I was a child and gifts that I was given to use when it was really needed in our world today. Right, right. Yeah, we definitely need more hope. We need more people like you who are out there, you know, sharing with others that there are angels and, you know, connecting them with, the, you know, people that have passed on, but really giving that hope that I guess today also with so many people um, leaving the planet, which I've known for years that this is, there's a big time frame right now where there's just a, a lot of people ready to leave. And so having that um, turmoil that a lot of people express and feel when they lose a loved one, And not understanding on a spiritual level that, well, it might be their time to go or there's something out, there's a bigger picture. They may, I've even been feeling that, you know, there's a lot of needing a lot of help on the other side. So having that also having more angels to help people that are here and having that hope is really important today. Because like you said, I mean, a lot of people, it's not, you know, they're not, not feeling that hope as much as they, they could be where it's, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to feel it. Do you know, there are more angels in this world than there are human beings. There are an excess of angels, if you can put it that way. Mm-hmm. We each have our own guardian angel that is with us from birth right through to the other side. They're still with mm-hmm. us. But in addition to that, we have other angels that we can call on. I have what I call my parking angels. And whenever I'm going somewhere, I picture where I want to park and I say, Angel, this is where I need to park. Please hold it for me. And I'll hold it strong in my mind. And when I arrive, it's either always ready and empty for me or just as I arrive, a car is leaving and it's been (laughs) saved for me and I get that car parked. Right. And there are angels that help me find things in the house Mm -hmm. if I'm looking for something and I can't find it. Mm -hmm. Angels, I need this. Please help me find this. Mm -hmm. And even though I may have looked at some particular place in the house previously, I will be guided to that place again. Hello, there it is, right there. How did I miss it? (laughs) They They will help you. All you have to do is ask, and, and that's the big thing. You must ask and remember exactly. to say thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, they're, they're there to help us every single moment we're here. That's mm, their job. They, they love but us. They absolutely love us. Definitely. So let's talk about your um, your Raindrop series and your recent book, Raindrops, Journey Through Time. I know that was a beautiful channeled book that you created and means a lot to you because there's some uh, 
some things you want to share with the listeners about that book. It's a very special book. It's a little bit different to my previous books. They are all spiritual. However, Raindrops Journey Through Time, and can I say Raindrops is spelled with an E in the middle, Rain, E, Drops, because my name is Rain with an E on the end, Mm -hmm. Raindrops Journey Through Time. It talks about an ancient entity called Drexania. He's born into harrowing experiences and he's raised by an outcast who is actually a very advanced sorceress and he she teaches him and raises him how to be one with all and she passes her gifts on to him and I found as this book was channeled to me it would have such an impact I would be crying after each chapter I wrote Mm-hmm. And I didn't know why it impacted on me so much, but I'd need a few months between each chapter to cope with the emotional impact that it had on me. Then suddenly we reach a part in the book and I realize, oh my gosh, I am writing about one of my past lives. Mm-hmm. I am one of the characters in this book. And it just hit me. And it was such a beautiful blessing that I was given to write this book, to relive that part, that time in my life. And really, I'm a very big part of that book. And I'm with Drexania at the end, which is really special. Mm-hmm. And as an, an entity, Drexania is around me often, He's been around me for many years and his energy is mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you about an incident that I had one time when I really needed help? I was in, I was in a lot of um, emotional pain Mm -hmm. and I decided I needed to sleep on the couch Mm -hmm. and I just sort of wanted to be in a place by myself and I was crying, I was in emotional pain, and I asked for help. And then all of a sudden I'm I'm transported and I'm standing on a cliff top. It's a huge high cliff top and there's beautiful waves in the sea in front of me and the wind's blowing my hair back behind me. And there's so much love as the wind comes in. It's wrapping around me. It's warm. It's an, it's it's like arms coming around and holding me. And it was so intense. I just fell asleep and I had the best sleep I'd ever had. I was so amazed to wake up late morning. I'd slept so late. And I was so at peace with myself. There was no emotional pain. It was all gone. I knew the answers that I needed to do. And I knew it was Drexania's energy. Mm -hmm. He brings that energy into me. And it's just like that. It's so impactful. Just like in the book. (laughs) I'm sure then. So the book is obviously being channeled. You're going to be able to feel that energy. And that support. Absolutely. He's, uh, he has, a great deal of integrity. Mm-hmm. He takes himself off to live as a hermit because he thinks he's unfit. Mm-hmm. 
to live with human beings. But as time goes by, a king comes across him and he recognizes the truthfulness in his heart. And he recognizes the unequivocal gifts that Drexania has, and he just has to have them in his his court, in his castle, with his princess, with his people. And Drexania agrees to go with him and spends many years and does many miracles caring for those that became his family. Mm-hmm. And it was almost heartbreaking at one stage because there were these ethereal beings that were calling him at night time to come home. But where was home? What was waiting for him? Why were they calling him? And what was he going to do? Was he going to leave his loved ones that were now his family mm-hmm. and go on this journey? What was he going to do? So this is this is what you can find out when you read Raindrops Journey Through Time, Book Four by Rain. Mm, that sounds that sounds awesome. I'm looking forward to that for sure. And your other ones too. Tell a little bit about your other three books. Were they also channeled, or are they something different? Uh, they were all different. My first book was called And Raindrops Fall Down My Cheeks, and Raindrops talks about how I came to be a medium. It talks about the experiences I had as a child with my guardian angel that I remember from a newborn babe. It talks about experiences I had in a hospital that were quite ravaging and I was told I was dying. And would I accept um, toxic drugs that they had They said, you're dying anyway, will you sign the papers? And I spent three months in hospital and it was a harrowing experience. And I had promised my daughter, who was inconsolable, that I was, she was told to say goodbye to me. She was only 16 years old. Mm -hmm. I promised her I would stay. And towards the end of my three months, I was shown tunnels more than once I was shown tunnels to go to the other side and I'd just be ready to leave and I'd remember I made a promise and it would be heartbreaking I had to stay. (laughs) I was so grateful to stay I've had to say I've had 20 years of absolute love from that young child Mm. to a young woman today of 38. And had I gone, I would have missed out on all those blessings. I'm so grateful for my life and the things I can share. I share stories of loved ones that have passed over, my own as well as others, and even pets. I talk about pets, how we relate to them, how we can talk to them and how we can learn from them. And I talk about one particular pet that I was heartbroken. I knew it was close to time to making that call that sometimes we all must do to let them go. And I asked my angels, please help me to know when I should let Chillis go. 
She was a chinchilla mm -hmm. and her name was Chillas. <laughs> and one night I'm looking up at my ceiling and it's all dark. And all of a sudden this white cloud appears in the room on the ceiling, this white cloud, bright. Mm -hmm. And then the middle of the cloud started to go round and round like a vortex. Mm -hmm. And it opened up with blue sky behind it. And right in the front was our cat, our darling Chillis. And her paw came up and waved at me. No way, that's amazing. It broke my heart because I knew she was saying it's time. Right. Goodbye. Right. right. And the next day was my daughter's 21st birthday. Mm -hmm. And I had to tell her, we have to take Chillis to the vet today. Mm -hmm. She's chosen today. Mm -hmm. Why? She said, why today? It's my birthday. It's my 21st. Do you love her enough to let her go? Yes, she said, I do. So it was a very heartfelt day of yeah. taking her to the vet and seeing her put to rest. Of course. So I share all these things so that people can get to know that I'm a real person, just like everybody else with the same decisions to make that everybody else does. I have the same heartaches, the same ups and downs that we all do. And it's an opportunity for my readers to get to know me. In my second book, I was driving down the road and above me is a male's voice, one of my angels. And he said to me, raindrops from heaven. I thought to myself, oh, that's the name of my next book. And so <laughs> nice. raindrops from heaven was guided for me. The angels would wake me up at two o'clock in the morning. Mm. I'd get my laptop, put it on the table, shut all the doors, sat down, typed chapter one, had no idea what to write. Mm -hmm. No concept what raindrops from heaven was about. Tap, tap, tap on my shoulder. Look, I heard a voice say, and right in front of me, there's a video in mid-air, in full colour, playing, and it's an episode from my life. Oh, I can write about that. So chapter one was a story about a suicide that happened across the road from us, mm. how I tried to support the family, how the young man came and sat in my lounge and watched his family go through the horrors of suicide, and he was so inconsolable with grief, he didn't know it was going to cause him so much pain in his family. He was devastated. Well, I hosted him in my home for three days. We could see from my upstairs bedroom that the room in his house that they had his coffin, but he never had the courage to go across the road to his family. So I spent that time with them. The funeral day came. We watched the hearse take his coffin and he didn't have the courage to go to the funeral. 
two angels came down either side of him. They wrapped his arms, their arms around him. They rocked him like a baby. They loved him. And they took their goodbye and they rose towards the heavens. Wow. So that was a huge impact, chapter one. And the book just gets better. <laughs> wow, Rain, that's an that's a amazing chapter one. <laughs> it certainly is. And I would, on my own, I would never have had the courage to open the book with chapter one on suicide. But it was the best topic ever I could open it. And today there is so much suicide around us. Mm-hmm. And we need to know that they need love. Mm-hmm. They don't need judgment. Mm-hmm. And you need to know that if you lose a loved one to suicide, mm-hmm. it is not your fault. Mm-hmm. You have done nothing to contribute towards their situation. Right. It is their mindset and a choice they made all by themselves. Mm-hmm. And they are so sorry. And when they have the opportunity to come through someone like me to talk to their family, the first thing they say to them, I am so sorry. It was not your fault. Please don't blame yourself. I am so sorry. I should have made other decisions. So they have regret on the other side. They have knowledge of what you have suffered. And they love you. They love you so much. My third book was instigated by my angels again. In 1993, I went to India on my own. And it was a time that was very dangerous in Punjab, northern India. The militia were fighting the marauders coming down from the mountains. It was not an ideal time for me to go. And... Many years later, the angel said to me, it is time. So Raindrop's journey to India was born. Mm. And in this story, I take an old lady's ashes home to India. Mm. Now, nobody told me in northern India, no one speaks English. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So it was... um, It had its moments. I had miracles happen every day. Mm. It started on my plane journey. As I was on the plane, there was an announcement from the pilot. To those of you who are disembarking in India, there has been an assassination attempt on the premier. The militia has taken over the country. So we disembarked to AK-47 shoved in our face, one soldier per passenger. It was terrifying. Wow, I bet. What an introduction to India. (laughs) Right, wowee, yeah. And I had promised that I would keep these ashes with me. And for some reason that I didn't understand at the time, the funeral director had put the ashes in two containers and wrapped them in 
bright yellow or mustard, yes, mustard colored velvet. Mm -hmm. So I would put this at the bottom of my black carry bag, shopping bag. And as you can imagine, in a black bag, it stood out big time. Mm -hmm. Everywhere I went, whether it was to leave the hotel, to enter the hotel, to enter a shopping district, I had to be searched. I had to empty all the contents of my bag. Mm -hmm. What was I going to do? I had her ashes. I couldn't have them open, her ashes. Mm -hmm. So I never took her out of the bag. Do you know, every single soldier every day looked in my black bag and they never saw the yellow or the mustard Mm -hmm. covered containers. Wow. <laughs> it was incredible. And I had this um, little way of getting away from them. I carry wet ones everywhere I go, mm -hmm. which are, you know, wet napkins. Mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. And we were, of all times, they had a heat wave and the hottest day was 55 degrees. It was very hot. And the locals mm -hmm. were dying because of the heat. Uh -huh. I'm thinking, great, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I could feel on some days the capillaries in my face bubbling. And wow. I knew I needed to have a cold drink quickly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's how the heat, how bad the heat was. Well, I would take out a wet one with the soldiers and I'd do a pantomime. <laughs> oh, I'd pat it on my cheeks. Ah. Oh, Lovely, and I can sniff it. Oh, so lovely. Here, try it. And I would hand it to them. So they did the same thing. They patted it on their cheeks. Oh. They smelt it. And the other one's waiting. Give it to me. <laughs> so while they're doing this, I'm <clears throat> quickly packing my bag and I'm scuttling away. <laughs> it was so funny. Those wet ones saved me so many times. I had um, <clears throat> one particular story I'll share with you. It was mid-afternoon. I was walking down an industrial area and everything was closed. There was no passageways between buildings. Everything shunted up against each other. And I had this terror come over me, absolute terror. And I knew something was very bad was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Oh, please, angels, help me. Please help me, my angels. And I just stood very still doing a prayer. And at that moment, a jeep passed me, open at the back with several soldiers on it. And they're looking at me. They're making indications that were sexual. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if they took me on that Jeep, I'd never be found again. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, please help me. I need help. Please help me. Well, these, this Jeep stopped. These soldiers got down. They started to walk towards me. Then all of a sudden, they stopped. They looking around as much to say, what are we doing here? I was invisible. They could not see me. I was wow. taken from their eyes. Mm -hmm. 
and they shrugged their shoulders and they climbed back on the Jeep and drove off. Wow. That is calling in some support right there, Rain. That was, that was really helpful. (laughs) That is super amazing. Wow. So each book is so unique and different. They all sound amazing though. They are. And they each carry the same message of love, Mm -hmm. hope, knowledge about life, mm-hmm. death, and life after death. Right, right. Beautiful. So um, you do quite a few things. <laughs> you're a medium, you're, you know, an osteopath, Ukrainian sacral. Tell me, how do you work with people and clients around the world and locally that people can connect with you? What, is, what are some of your services you offer? Well, I do readings. I have People come to me locally in my home. We do readings, but I also use um, either Skype or Zoom, whatever Mm -hmm. my clients are comfortable with. So it's really easy for me to do international readings. Right. And I always say to my readers, my clients, I'm not the one in charge. Mm -hmm. I'm not the boss. I don't get to decide who comes through. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you if um, a loved one will come through. Mm-hmm. I don't know because I'm just the middle person. Mm-hmm. I'm the one in the middle. I'm right. the medium. Mm-hmm. And sometimes angels will bring through messages that will help someone on their life path in their life. Mm-hmm. And that will be what's so important for them to hear more important than a loved one being there. Yeah. But mostly they balanced it for me and give me a bit of both, which is really Mm -hmm. wonderful. That is wonderful. It's like standing in the corner watching myself and hearing myself. Mm -hmm. I'm sort of separate from that person who's doing the reading and I'm like, wow, (laughs) at the information that comes through. I'm just blown away. And then I'm back in myself and a lot of that information is forgotten to me. Mm -hmm. It's been passed on. Mm -hmm. It's been given. It's not mine to keep. So it's been passed on and I don't keep it, which is really good. Otherwise, um, I'd have too much to live with. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't need all that. (laughs) I, I do keep memories of some readings that are really, really special to me Mm -hmm. for different reasons. Mm -hmm. One of them, can I tell you very quickly? Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a young man and usually it's women who come to me, but this was a young man and he would have been about 22. Mm -hmm. He gave no indication as I gave him his reading and I kept giving him the name Joy and I kept saying, this is your grandmother coming through and she keeps telling me joy, joy, joy. She must have been such a happy person. She's so joyful. And he's very quiet in his face. There's no expressions. There's no reaction. And I give him more information. And then I ask him a question. What does Teddy mean to you? And he broke down and sobbed his heart out. And that meant nothing to me because I didn't know what Teddy meant. And when he was composed, 
Joy was his grandmother's name. And Teddy was, she was the only one allowed to call his father Teddy. That was her nickname for her son, Teddy. No one else in the family was allowed to call him Teddy. I thought he really was filled with that. Yeah, he was filled with that and, and really knew that was her. He really knew it was his grandmother because there's no way I could have known that. He was right. a complete stranger to me. I was so, that's so grateful one, for that blessing. That's beautiful. So that is one way that people can connect with you. And I'll have information in the show notes by and gathering that information and getting hope. If they want to connect with a, a loved one or connect with angels, they can definitely, you know, get in touch with you and do that. So it's a beautiful offering, Rain. I also do um, past life research for them through my clinical hypnotherapy skills. I was a clinical hypnotherapist and counselor when I operated in my office and I've retired from the office now Mm -hmm. and I work from home and I can do that on Zoom or Skype as well. Beautiful. A wonderful um, journey for those that decide to investigate that part of their lives. Um, I can't tell them what they'll experience because I don't know. Mm -hmm. And um, the very first time it happened was a surprise to me because we were not aiming to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, This lady was wanting to learn more about her her dreams she was having and then suddenly she's in a past life and all her dreams made sense and one of the things that i have a gift with doing my clinical hypnotherapy work is i can see like a video mm-hmm. what my clients can see under hypnosis wow. so i can feel it i can see it happening I had one lady who was in a carriage and the carriage was on um, a rocky road and it started to slip and it started to roll down almost a cliff face. Mm -hmm. And I could see this happening. It was absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. And this lady came to me. She wanted to have the experience of, I can't remember the name of the, uh, therapy, but you, you, you're you immersed in water and they put a lid down on top of you. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. She was afraid of the lid coming down on top yes. of her. Yes. When I saw this happening, I understood immediately why that was so terrifying for her. Mm-hmm. And um, it just took all those fears away. She understood. Mm-hmm. She Beautiful. remembered everything and she understood and she moved on with her life she came to me and said i love this therapy i've had three sessions now and it's fabulous (laughs) beautiful so that's something you definitely offer and that's on your website right rain and that's on my website rain www.raindrops.com rain with an e r-a-i-n-e awesome awesome and i'll have those in the show notes so Well, I want to thank you so much for taking time today, Rain, and coming on and sharing with my listeners all your beautiful stories, your new book. And I mean, you have so much to offer. I I really thank you for coming on. Oh, you're so grateful. I'm so grateful that you've had me. Thank you so much. And you're so welcome that I've been able to share with you what I can. I hope that this gives your listeners some hope 
for their future, for their family, for their loved ones, and that they know they are never alone and they are so loved. They are so loved. Mm, Each one I can of feel us that. Definitely. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you all for listening to another Mini Morsel episode. And always remember that life is too short to not be enthusiastic about your unique journey. Believe it or not, when you arrived back for another life, you were enthusiastic to be here. If you've lost that enthusiastic feeling, well, there's a way to reawaken it. It's by embracing a bigger spiritual picture of your life as a soul and igniting the feeling of spiritual freedom within. So if you are ready and needing some more enthusiastic mojo for your life, follow the link in the show notes where you can access a free video series created by the Wayshowers College and start recapturing the enthusiasm you have within for your unique journey.